You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I'm going to talk from Psalms 23 again. I I know we talked about it last week, and we'll probably continue next week as well, of Psalms 23, like I said, being a scripture that we hold on to for this year. And uh, I don't know, since I've been studying it, I just find myself reminding myself and quoting it over things that I never would have prayed necessarily, the Psalms 23 prayer. I just begin to say it over and over again and remind myself of the Lord is my shepherd. That's right, the Lord is my shepherd. And so I, I encourage you, even in these weeks, to begin to read this scripture over and begin to say it over your life. Remind yourself of this. So we're going to read it, and then uh, we'll stop, in, and then we'll come back to verse 4. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we went through this last week, we talked about the good shepherd. And that the good shepherd is our keeper. He is our teacher, our companion, our friend, our ruler, and our leader. And we talked about how he is our provider, how the shepherd provides for his sheep. And that he provides perfect refreshment, perfect restoration, and perfect guidance. So let's go to verse 4. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 4 and verse 5. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So this says, last week he's provider, the shepherd is protector. He is our protector. Like it says in verse 4, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. How is he protector? He is with us. He is with us. So like I did last week, I told you I, 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 I like to go to the Strong's Concordance, which you can do too. 
blueletterbible.org. <laughs> they really should pay me after this. And, um, and you can go and do a deep dive into um, the scriptures, into the words. And so for some of this, I've done this, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you what comes out of it. So shadow of death, that means deep darkness. It means calamity. Like seems like something bad is going to happen. So even though I walk through deep darkness, even though I walk through a shadow of calamity where it seems like something bad could happen, he says, I will fear no evil. And that word evil means wickedness, mischief, hurt, bad, trouble, affliction, illness, adversity, harm, injury, wrong. So even though I'm walking through darkness, I will fear no wrong. I will fear no injury. I will fear no illness. That one hit me. Because how often do we do, we do that? We do that, right? I'm not the only one. Where we begin to go to that place of worst case scenario. How many of you have had some kind of illness happen to you or, or, or maybe it's just like you all of a sudden scratch yourself and you're like, well, that wasn't there before. What's this, right? And then you go to Google, right? We all know this, right? Everyone's done it. You're laughing because you know. You go to Google and worst case scenario is you're dying. You are dying. It could be, it, it could be that you just scratched yourself wrong or you have 10 days to live. Right, and and then all of a sudden, that's what you that's what you hold on to. You're like, uh oh, this is happening. You know, what if this? Or maybe maybe you're like me, and you have experienced and come firsthand with deadly illnesses in your family. And in the back of your mind, which the Lord deals with, by the way, if you will surrender those thoughts to Him. But in the back of your mind, you play over your, your end of life or if this happens to me or when this happens to me and you wait on it. What are you doing? You're fearing something that hasn't happened yet. And this verse is saying, even though it doesn't matter. How about when you're walking through hard times? how hard it is to keep yourself in that place of I'm going to be okay because your mind wants to jump to that, that place and grab the worst thing and this verse is saying even though even though when I'm walking through what looks like could be calamity what looks like could be worst case scenario I will fear no evil I will fear no bad thing because he's with me. But this is what's really interesting as I looked up fear. And the word fear means to stand in awe of. 
to give reverence to, to defer to. And that got me because it says, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not give reverence to evil. I will not defer to the thing that I'm afraid of. How do we do that? We begin to change the way that we do. Maybe we just stop doing what we do. I'm just not going to go there. And when you do that, I'm scared of moving forward. I'm scared of what it looks like. I'm afraid of what could happen. And we begin to defer to, we begin to make decisions based out of the fear of what could happen rather than moving forward. That's deferring to it. That's giving reverence to, God, I know you're calling me this way, and I know you're telling me to do this thing, but... And so then would actually, instead of following him and saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to move forward, I actually begin to give reverence to the thing that I'm afraid of. And it stops us from moving forward. It stops us from where God would take us. And, and we like to be able to see everything planned out. We like to be able to know, okay, my next step is going to look like this, God, right? And when I take that step, that means that this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and it's going to get me here. But in this scripture, it depicts that there is darkness. Even when there are times of darkness and I can't quite see my way, I will not defer to anything that I'm afraid of. Why? Why? Because you are with me. You are with me. You are with me. I may not be able to see what the next step is. I may not be able to see what's going on. I may not be able to see you in this moment, but I know you are with me. And I believe that in this time, that this is something that we hold on to, that we remind ourselves. I've been reminding myself of this in these moments. When I start to get afraid, when I start to get out of control, I pull myself back and I say to myself, he is with me. He is with me. In, in um, Matthew 28, verse 20. It says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. You know what jumps out at me in that verse? And be sure of this. Church, be sure of this. I am with you. There's an assurance that I have in this. I, I'm with you. You be sure of this. You can obey my commands. Why? Be sure of this. I'm with you. I'm with you. The good shepherd who feeds, who protects, who provides, who is with you in darkness, you can be sure of this. 
In John 14, verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. No, you will not be abandoned. He is with you. Then it goes on to say in Psalms 23, your rod and your staff... They comfort me. We'll start looking at the word rod. The rod is to protect the sheep from the predator, from the enemy. And so when the wolf comes in, or the bear, or whatever eats sheep, I don't know. But the predator comes. The rod is there to protect the sheep, to beat the predator away. Not beat the sheep. Not beat the sheep. It's to keep them safe. I read this and I and I, I and I'm just going to submit this to you because I don't I don't know if it's true when it comes to shepherding sheep because I don't I I've never I have a dog. But it said that another thing that the rod was used for was counting the sheep. And that the shepherd would make the sheep go under the rod to account for all of them. And I thought, isn't that beautiful? That he's constantly checking, are all the sheep here? Meaning, he's got his eye on you. He's aware of you. He knows where you are. Then it says, his staff. The staff is used for guidance, to make sure that we stay on the right path and away from danger. The staff was also used as a rescue. The crook on the staff would catch the sheep if they got caught in certain places, that whenever the sheep got in trouble, the shepherd was there to rescue and to get them out of trouble. So whenever they got off of the path they were supposed to be walking on, the shepherd would come and save them. Would come get them back on the path. And I think, I think so many times I, I have conversations with people and remind myself as well of, of being afraid of, what if I'd make the wrong step? What if I begin to move forward and I and I I make the wrong decision and become afraid of even moving forward because what if it's not the right step? 
And that's the beautiful thing of Jesus being the shepherd when he is allowed to be shepherd in your life, when you are looking to him, his staff is always there to go back on track. You're veering too far, get back over here. Or even when we really mess up, the good shepherd comes and rescues us when we call out to him. And this is what it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They bring comfort to me because I know that if the enemy tries to get in, your rod will beat him to a pulp. <laughs> that comforts me that I'm taken care of. It brings comfort to me to know that you are guiding my steps. You are ordering my steps that brings comfort to me. You see that all the way through this psalm is that he is good. That he cares for his sheep. We read last week in John, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am good. Then it goes on in verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And so another way that he is protector is that he blesses us. You prepare a table. I know that James and Deanna did a, just a wonderful job of painting the picture of, of Jesus setting a table. But when I looked up the word... It says this, it means when to prepare a table, it means to furnish, to ordain, to set in order, to array, to decorate. That he puts out this beautiful table, putting everything that we need for us in the presence of our enemies. And, and this is the cool thing is you recognize that it's in the middle of walking through a battle, in the middle of the enemy coming at you, Jesus is there preparing a table for you. I heard this and I just, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's so right. You know that God isn't scared of the devil, right? He's not even phased. He already won. So he, he already got the victory. So how is he preparing a table? Because I already got the victory. He's not afraid of demons. He's there setting a table for us in the presence of our enemies so that when we are walking through things when we are we are up and faced against things he's like come come sit at the table because at the table i have prepared for you everything that you need to walk this out i have prepared for you the strategy that you need i have prepared for you the refreshing that you need are you tired come sit at the table 
Remember I, I said this last week that Bill Johnson had said that whenever you're in the middle of a battle, in the middle of things swirling around you, look for the table. It's there. Go sit and talk with him. Go sit and worship him. Some of the... Not some of the... All of the times when I feel like I'm not sure that I can go on. I'm not sure that I can get through this. I'm exhausted or I don't even know what to do. And I could phone a friend and I can talk to people and they can empathize with me and I can get godly wisdom as well, but there is nothing that compares to going and getting away and worshiping him. That no matter what it is, I'm just going to worship you. I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to worship you. I don't even know how to move forward, but I'm going to worship you. The pain is really big, but I'm going to worship you. And it's in those moments where there's this an exchange of me laying down even the fears that are stopping me from moving forward and this strengthening begins, this refreshing begins to take place. And it's the most amazing thing because it's almost like I, I don't even I, I don't even know what's taking place, but I walk away from it like I'm not afraid anymore. It's this feeling of him coming and surrounding himself and saying, remember, you've got me, because you're looking at him. And when you begin to look at him, you begin to behold who he is. You begin to stand in awe. You begin to reverence who he is. And as you're reverencing him, you come into alignment with this place that says, oh, yeah, you're God. <laughs> I let my mind get away on me for a moment. You're God. And so I don't even I don't even care how any of this plays out. <laughs> because you're God and you're good. And this is the exchange that takes place in that place of worship. It's coming to sit at the table. And in that moment, he then begins to pour out on you everything that you need. The refreshing begins to take place. You you've come from the place of 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 Looking at something naturally. And partaking of something that's heavenly. And as you partake of something that's heavenly, there's a filling that takes place. And suddenly where your mind was swirling with the what ifs and I, I don't know and how am I going to get through this? And suddenly there's a clarity that begins to take, take over your mind where you're, you're looking at him and you're recognizing that he has everything that you need. It's partaking at the table and he prepares a table before us. right in the middle of a battle. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father 
who sees everything will reward you. The Father who sees everything will reward you. Oftentimes because we fear, because we have given reverence to what terrifies us, we go off trying to fight things instead of going to the Father who sees and knows and has exactly what we need in the moment that we need it. To come and sit at the table with Jesus. Psalm 71 says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone, for I envied the proud. When I saw them prosper despite their wickedness, they seemed to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. Do you forget? Like, why is all this happening? Do you ever try to, to comprehend something that's going on? I'm not, I'm not understanding what's going on right now. Why are these things going on? Or have a hardness in your heart because of the battle, because of the things that are going on, this hardness where I'm like, I'm just mad. And, and you sometimes don't even want to go and sit and talk to God about it because you're just mad. Ever been like that? I'm just stubborn and I like and sometimes I'll, I'll even go and I'll sit with God and I come and I'm mad that I don't even let the conversation carry out let him even talk back to me because I'm just mad He says, verse 16, he goes, So I tried to understand, I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. I tried to understand why these things happened. I tried to understand why it is the way it is, why that person did this, or why this person left. Or why, I, I try to understand why the things are going on, and I can't understand it. That's what he's saying. I couldn't understand it. Then right after that, in verse 17, it says, but then I went into your sanctuary and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. What happened? Then I went into that place and I went and sat at the table, but then I went into a place of worship. I went into that place of reminding myself who he is and loving on him and suddenly... There's this exchange that took place. And I went from looking at it from this point of view and trying to understand. And then all of a sudden, as I began to look to him, this exchange took place and suddenly I understood. 
That's sitting at the table. That's him preparing exactly what you need in that place. God, I look to you. probably threw you for a loop there. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> this is how he blesses us. And another way that he protects us, and lastly, I'm just getting ready to finish up, Aaron, is he refreshes us. The end of the verse is, you anoint my cup, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Come on, think about this. Oh. He is my shepherd. And throughout my entire life, he is walking with me. He's leading me to green pastures. He's restoring my soul. And then when all of a sudden I'm walking and I go into a season that seems like darkness, that seems like trouble, oh, he's still with me. And he's got a rod and a staff and they're bringing me comfort because I know that he's taking care of what I can't see. He's taking care of it. And I know that there's this place that he's providing for me, this table for me to come and sit at. And at it, he's already laid out exactly what I needed in that moment. Why do I not run to the presence of God? And I can sit and I can feast at this table as it prepares me with everything that I need. But it doesn't stop there. Then he comes over while I'm feasting and he anoints my head with oil. And the oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of refreshing. It speaks of power. It speaks of a strengthening that takes place. And it says, my cup runs over. It's not just, here's a little bit to get you through. He says, he's just pouring it out. It's not just a little bit. He says, he's more than enough. It's more than enough. It's so much that I actually can't contain it. It's so much that I could probably come up to Troy and give some away. It's abundant. God is abundant. It speaks of his abundance in nature. Ephesians 3.20 says this. 
Now to him who is able to, ex to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to the power, Holy Spirit, according to the power that works in us. He will protect you so much in the battle, in the not battle, that he refreshes you and gives you power and strength to keep going through. So he is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. So the portion that we read today is, he is perfect protection. He is perfect company. He is perfect provision. And he is perfect comfort. comfort. And our promise for today is in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the darkness, he is our protection and he is with us. And he blesses us and he refreshes us. Isn't he good? Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.